It's time again to find out what Ed has said. There may come a moment in a young person's life where they will be injured. Sometimes these injuries will take us straight to the ER. Hopefully it hasn't happened to you yet but it has most definitely happened to me. Tonight, I will be reading you a story. A story based on something that has happened to me. So I would suggest that you pick a time where there's nothing else for you to do. You've finished all your assignments, all your chores. All that there is to do now is wind down and relax. Maybe you could even wait until you're about to go to bed. Then, this will become a bedtime story. Except I wouldn't be there to tuck you in, you would have to do that on your own. But at least you would get half of the experience. Welcome to a very special episode of What Ed Has Said. And as always, I am your faithful host, Eddie. Now let us get on with the story, shall we? This story will take us back to when I was seven years old. The year was 2009, and it was summer. It was a uh, very humid and overcast day, as were a lot of summer days that year. Don't exactly know why. My little brother had yet to arrive in this world. He was still checked into my mother's womb. Me, I was riding around in my bicycle. I had recently learned how to ride, you see. And once you start getting the hang of it, you don't ever want to get off. I lived in a symmetrical and dull little apartment complex. Every other building was identical, save for a different color. There were browns, yellows, and grays. But despite the dull color scheme, one of the best things about this apartment complex was that there was a lot of space outside. A lot of space for kids to be playing around and having fun, which is usually what they did back then. Um, but they were always, you know, up to some mayhem, you know, always up to no good. One time, a group of teenagers smashed our window with a baseball. Now, mind you, we lived on the top floor, which uh, was very surprising for us. So, this is one of the many reasons why they started being stricter and stricter about how you could play outside. See, if you were to ride a bike or a scooter or a skateboard, you would have to be wearing a helmet, or else the uh, security around the apartment complex would stop you and tell you to go back home. Now, that was not always the case because I was riding a bike, and I had recently learned how to ride a bike, you see. And once a kid learns how to ride a bike, he doesn't ever want to get off. He feels 10 feet tall. He feels like the king of the world. Me? I felt invincible. I felt like nothing could touch me. Until, of course, the laws of physics demonstrated their dominance to my naive seven-year-old self. 
What happens when an object in motion comes to a sudden stop? Disaster. On, you know, in most cases. I rammed into a wall. The impact wasn't enough to hurt me, but when that large and heavy bicycle fell upon my chubby little leg, all hell broke loose. I must have been crying for 30 minutes before anyone had shown up to my aid. A woman came out of her home with a bag full of ice to tend to my injury. Once my expecting mother finally helped me get back home, I was convinced that I had broken something. Because the slightest bit of pressure would cause my leg to erupt with pain. My father was skeptical. He believed that it must have been a bruise. And, you know, are you going to blame him? It was just a bicycle falling on my leg, of course. He had not anticipated that I was a weakling. So, I slept with a broken leg until we decided to get it checked out, which was maybe two days after, because I wasn't getting any better. You see, I got my x-rays the next day. My prediction had turned out to be reality, much to my father's dismay. And my mother tells me that when he heard the news, he looked really, really shocked, but at the same time, guilty that he hadn't brought me sooner. That afternoon we went to the children's hospital and I got myself a bed all to myself with uh, no bunk mates and cable television? Hell yes. On the TV there was a promo ad for a new episode of a cartoon I've never heard of before. It was a, a kid with red hair on a Dorito-shaped head, and another kid whose head resembled more of a Easter Island statue. Now, I had no idea what this was, but I was interested. <sighs> I was already coming to terms with getting my cast, but what I had not anticipated was a large needle of anesthetic with my name on it. Oh, I started kicking and hollering, and it went on like that until they decided to strap me to the bed. As they injected the drug, I told myself over and over again, Don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Which is what I would, you know, call the state of being anesthetized because they didn't know the proper terminology. There's only so much a child can do to resist. So, I was finally under their spell in a snap. I remember talking to the doctors about how much I loved them and how much I would have liked to become a doctor myself, you know, how long medical school took and their personal lives. And I got a lot of stuff out of those conversations. So I'm grateful to them for putting up with my madness. After an hour of rapping, they had finally given me my cast. It was bright green and stiff. I went to sleep shortly after that. Once I had finally come to, early in the morning, I had to process everything that had happened before. It all came back at once. I looked to my right, and my pregnant mother was there, lying on the couch, asleep. It was usually her job to stay overnight at the hospital if any of us had to stay. She didn't know how to drive back in the day, and 
That was usually her responsibility. Sad thing is, she's learned how to drive since then, but she still got stuck with this job. I love her. No other words can describe it. I had learned how to walk around with my crutches. It was a lot of fun, actually. I was hopping from place to place. I also got to use a wheelchair from time to time. All the kids from my second grade class wanted to push me around, but in a good way this time. It was only during these times that they would actually decide that they would want to talk to me. Because most of the time they would just try to pretend that I wasn't there. Which must have been hard to do since I was a very loud kid from time to time. Once I'd finally gotten my cast off, there were a couple of challenges I had to face. I was walking with a limp for two years or so, and I had to go to physical therapy every week to rebuild my leg muscles. Of course, since my mother couldn't drive, we walked all the way there. After this, I stopped playing outside as much as I used to. Maybe I was afraid to break something again, or to hurt myself in some way. Maybe I had just gotten lazy over time. This stuck with me. Even now, I don't even know who lives around me. It's just a whole bunch of strangers that live in close proximity to me. Hell, one time, I remember there was this, uh, this little toddler who used to live in these apartments. And I knew him ever since he was maybe two years old, just waddling around a little baby. I, after the accident, I didn't really go out much. And I remember one, one time, it was years after, I finally decided to go outside on my own initiative. And I found that little kid. And he was a kid. He was around maybe seven years old as well. And that's got to be one of the most wild experiences I've ever gone through all because I just got lazy over time. I think that's it. And I've seen kids who uh, live around these apartments that I live in. And they're about my age, if not older or younger. And my little brother also has friends who live around here too. Friends from his own middle school. Friends who he used to talk to every day. Friends who he still knows and sees from time to time. Now, I don't know what it is that you took from this story. I just wanted to share it with someone. I think about it now and then, and I wonder if I'd grown at all. Now, when it comes to injuries, I've only ever gotten two, maybe three very serious injuries that have made me had to go to the hospital. But one of my younger brothers, the third youngest, I think, he is a very unlucky person. I mean, he's had an operation done on him maybe three times, and he's broken his arm maybe two times, I think. Very prone to injuries, but he still manages to do his own stuff because he's a tough kid, you know? 
sensitive, but tough. Now I think I've gone on long enough. Now, if you're listening to this while preparing to go to sleep, I hope I was boring enough to help you get there. If not, then, you know, maybe I'm not a very boring guy, so either way, it's positive for me. I hope I was able to entertain you. I hope that you're doing alright, and if you're not, then just please remember that tomorrow's a brand new day. And you've got a lot of chances to begin again. Now, there's a lot of background noise in this particular episode, I know. It's summer, it's cold, and I need the window open. And usually I would have my fan on, but that creates way too much noise and it really interferes with the audio. And, and there was a guy outside who was just revving his car over and over again, and I had to wait until he was done. Now, don't ask me why he was revving his car, but he was. And I hate him now. He is the worst. If there were a more quiet place to record these, I would go there, no questions asked, but... One of the only options I have right now is to lock myself in the closet. Hopefully when it cools down and we're able to have the windows closed, I will finally have some quieter time to record. So thank you for bearing with me, and I will see you next time. No, I won't see you. No, I'm just a recording after all. Well. We'll... We'll meet some other time. I'm sure. I hope. You know, you're a very charming person, and I would just hate for us to lose contact. So, good night, and farewell. This is your faithful host, Eddie, signing off. <laughs>